welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. We're on episode number 69. Uh, it is Sunday evening, January. Oh no, it's Monday. I lied. <laughs> it's Monday evening. Um, I'm back with my co-host, the Anti-Cool. What's going on, man? Um, Not much, man. Oh, everything all at once, but not much. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess, before we get started, uh, appreciate everybody who listened to last week's episode. That uh, very long <laughs> mega cast that we dropped. <laughs> oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. Uh, no, keep going, keep going. But I, I want to shout out one person in particular. Um, I feel like I did too. Actually, you know what? One thing, actually, real quick. Um, uh, I guess we made it. Uh, that uh, we got our first dislike. We got two dislikes actually on YouTube compared to three likes, though. So you know, take take that for what it's worth. <laughs> we actually got a comment. On the YouTube channel, also of somebody who's uh, accusing Michael Chandler of being on uh, steroids, um, <laughs> but either way, uh, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, the episode actually did pretty good. Um, so if you stuck through those three hours and thirty minutes, um, we appreciate it. That was, that was a long episode, but it was fun though. Here's, well, some, fun. here's somebody I know for a fact watched most of the episode because they got um, they they got into our discussion about. The Shape of Water. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to shout out Gar- uh, Garbanzo. <laughs> Garbanzo.tumblr.com Thank you for watching it all the way through. <laughs> right, because we didn't talk about that until like almost the very end. No, that, so, yeah. that was the very, very end, man. Yeah. Appreciate you guys for, for, uh, for, for sticking through that long. <laughs> um... Guess coming up today, uh, we'll go over news. We'll go over this uh, Jackal Ray Brunson card. Um, I, I guess we'll just start with the biggest news. So two two big fights, but one is definitely bigger than the other. Um, Daniel Cormier versus Stipe Miocic is uh, that's going down. Did they say what card that's on? UFC two twenty six at during International Fight Week. Oh, that's funny. We were just talking about that, like podcast ago last literally last week yeah that was last week yeah and i said this would be the main event yep it's going down <laughs> it's... um i don't know uh, i had it... a lot of thoughts when this got announced my first thought was damn like this is they're just gonna pile all the super fights onto one card <laughs> hey man In- international fight week I-, I guess you got to do it big um I saw a lot of people actually complaining about this fight, and I don't... Well, they suck. Yeah, I don't understand why, because, like, at this point, like, DC and Stipe, especially DC, like, there's no... He could fight Gus again, and, like, I still do want to see that fight, but with Gus, like, I don't even know if Gus is healthy right now, or, like, really what's going on with him. Just the Gus who 
said DC was running from him on, like, Facebook, despite the fact that, like, Gus is on, like, I want to say, like, month one and a half of his rehab from shoulder surgery. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, actually, yeah, I think I did see that. Yeah. So, I mean, like, other than the Gus fight, which, you know, that's not going to happen if he's recovering from surgery. Like, who else was DC going to fight? That he hasn't beat already, or we just wouldn't care to see. Like, don't get me wrong. I like Glover just as much as the next man. Do I really care to see a DC and Glover fight? Eh, not I mean, really. DC might, I, I, I'd want to see it just to see if DC could knock Glover out. Because <laughs> Glover, Glover don't take no shots anymore, so. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm DC is at the point where just like he can feel like he can just kind of do whatever, man. Like he he's beating everybody, not named John Jones, but John Jones ain't here right now, so you know it kind of is what it is. And Stipe is kind of in that same boat where like he's just been knocking out everybody, and he just took out the one dude who me myself included thought would be like a legit threat to his title, and he may still be in the future, but you know Stipe shut that down. And, I mean, who who else are we going to watch Stipe fight? You know, do we want to see Stipe and We're Doomed 2? <laughs> like, I don't, I'm, I'm not, that fight doesn't make me excited in the least bit. Like, the only other two guys in the top ten who potentially are any type of interesting are Curtis Blades, who, thank God this fight was made, because if even if Curtis Blades goes out there and beats Mark Hunt at UFC 221, he still gets his ass beat. In this like in this matchup, like yeah. it is a year or two before this that type of fight should be made. So like, thank God DC Stepe's being made, so we don't have to watch Stepe mow him down earlier in his career. But um, it's it's Blades and Volkov, and maybe Volkov could be interesting, but that's not the fight I want to see. I still want to see the Kane fight. I don't know if I'm ever going to get it. I feel like this slowly becoming one of those fights that I want to see that just might not ever happen. I mean, but. And that was the whole thing. Like, DC not wanting to take the fight because of Kane. I'm assuming this just means we're not going to see Kane for a very long time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to run the rematch back with Skyscraper. I mean... <laughs> Struve uh, does have the only knockout win over Stipe. He does. He does. So, they they might have actually done that if Volkov had, if he had beaten Volkov. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's there's a story there, and I mean, like if anybody remembers that fight, like Stipe was given, um, from what I remember, like Stipe was giving Struve the work up until Struve pulled that comeback and just Stipe you know. fought pretty well in the first round, and then like Struve, who uh, took over with his reach because. It like Stipe was pretty clearly tired after the first round, and like his head movement wasn't able to keep up with um, just how much like distance he had to keep, uh, distance he had to close to get to Stipe uh, to Struve. So, well, we'll see. I, I, the Volkov fight would be slightly interesting, only because like I think we mentioned before, like Volkov is at least like a competent heavyweight. Um. Yeah, he he can strike, he can stand. I I don't know how many of Stipe's shots he can take, but 
for what it's worth, it's, it's a fresh face. Somebody who Stipe hasn't KO'd cold yet. Someone who's not 30 years old yet. Right. <laughs> so, we'll see, though. But for the record, um, I think I'm going to pick DC in this. I think I'm going to pick DC. I think I am. Like, if this was... I'm picking DC too, but like I'd probably be more sure if this was like pre. I took a year off because of injury. I got knocked out by John Jones DC. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is I'm pushing forty DC, and I, I was getting hit by Vulcan Uzdemir. Yeah, and see that's that's the only thing that kind of makes me hesitant to go all in is that like. I feel I don't know if it was just because it was Vulcan and he just kind of figured he could run through him, but I would hope against Stipe he's not willing to give and trade because he might trade and that might be over. Like, yeah, he, he might not wake back up. But this could literally be a, a fight where like Stipe just comes out and decks him, like twenty seconds in and it's over. All right, but if it goes five rounds, it's going to be a sloppy competitive five rounds that might involve DC tossing Stipe out of his head. Which would be new and awesome. There would be. Something different. So, yeah, man. That, that's an awesome fight. Um, I guess other big name fight that's going on in Bellator. Um, shout out to the person who left that comment uh, on our podcast last episode. So, we will get to settle this. Uh, Michael Chandler, Brent Promise 2, going down at Bellator 196. Um, for people who didn't see the first fight, uh, some people were argue that it was a fluke. Promise caught Chandler with a leg kick, kind of buckled his whole leg. Chandler almost knocked him out on one leg, uh, but at the end he wasn't able to finish the fight. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll get to see that. Um, I think you probably have most of the rest of these notes covered, so um, <laughs> I'll let you go over some of these and I'll just I'll just jump in. So some of these fights are good. Some of these news, uh, some of these are sad. Um, right, the box set. <laughs> uh, we can save the um, the obvious one for last, I guess. All right. But uh, in boxing news, Canelo Alvarez, uh, Gennady Golovkin too, finally has an official date. Uh, but I don't think anybody ever thought it was going to be anything but Cinco de Mayo. Uh, it's going to be May fifth. I don't know if they have the undercard set yet, but we we officially have the rematch on uh, paper, so that's good. Um, we also have uh, Roy Jones retirement fight will be set for it will be on Fight Pass. It will be on February eighth, meaning in less than two weeks, <laughs> and it will be against uh, Scott Sigmund at the Bay Center in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, you, you got any comments on that? Um, <laughs> good, good luck, Roy Jones, I guess. You know, there, there was a small, because I knew he was trying to do a retirement fight a while ago. And I, I was somehow hoping, and I don't know why, him and Anderson Silva could finally happen. Just let two old guys go in there and do what old people do. But I don't know, you know. I'm really surprised it hasn't, to be honest with you. They might be working with working for that in China, because like, like Silva's 
I don't know what's going on with his suspension or whatever, but they could just throw him in a boxing ring and put him in China and finally appease whoever that got their um whoever helped them get uh the UFC in mainland China. Right. So but uh right. <clears throat> on to more pressing matters. Uh Nate Diaz is teasing a return for May or June. I'm assuming this is uh, because the UFC doesn't have a headliner for May or June. Uh, they're going to have six champions. They might potentially have six champions fighting in July for International Fight Week. Uh, who knows when the winner of Tony Ferguson versus Khabib uh, Nurmagomedov is going to be ready. Who knows when Rosa Yunus is going to be ready. Or, um, and who else is left? Like, I guess maybe Max Holloway, but like that's basically it. If he beats Frank Yeager. Um, Bellator 194. We have uh, former champion Liam McGeary facing off with uh, prospect Vadim Nemkov. Um, PFL. I <laughs> didn't... <laughs> Rising from the the nuclear holocaust like the cockroaches they are, <laughs> uh, they signed a deal with Facebook and NBC Sports. They will be going ahead with their ten million dollar tournament idea, or is it ten divisions, a million dollars each? I have no idea. <laughs> and I assume they have to pay these people too for fighting. So let's see how well that goes. But um. They are set to make their debut on June 7th, or their return, or whatever the hell you want to call it. That's so, their, their, their season, quote-unquote. Their season it. starts. <laughs> <laughs> Bjorn Rebney is tossing and turning in his grave. <laughs> hey, we said we would keep tabs on PFL, and we, we, we delivered. I mean... PFL can't keep tabs on PFL. <laughs> Uh, I'm waiting for this, like, they're going to have their event in June, and by, like, August, it's all going to crumble down when they realize they ran out of money already. Some, <laughs> like, they could have got, like, a $50 million TV deal, and they'd still be, like, hundreds of millions of dollars <laughs> Um, Moving on. Um, Speaking of Tough 27, uh, Stipe and DC will be coaches, and the lineups have been announced. Uh, I'm not even gonna bother going to who's on the show because I don't think anybody listening out there watching know anybody on the show. So, but if tough is your bag, the the lineups are out there, and they're available for everybody to see. So, check that out. Um, what else is out there? Uh, Showtime boxing. Has released their schedule up until June. Uh, it involves, let's see, uh, March 3rd, we're going to have Wilder Ortiz and Charlo versus Centeno Jr. at middleweight. Uh, Garcia versus Lipinets. Uh, Mikey Garcia versus Sergey Lipinets. And Ramsey Bartholomew versus Relic 2. We're going to have Arislandi Laura. Oh my God, why did they put him in any type of freaking position of. Main eventing. <laughs> He's going to be fighting Jared Hurd. Do they just not care about this kid anymore? That's a cold world out here. 
like let's give them the most boring matchup possible. That's gonna be April seventh. Um. Uh, on April twenty first, we're gonna have Adrian Broner versus Figueroa with Javante Davis in the co-main event spot. Funny story: in April, Javante Davis posted um a text chat between him and Broner, where Broner basically threatened to roll into Baltimore and shoot him dead. Broner, you're not about that life. I mean, <laughs> Broner, you're, you're not coming to Baltimore dude, doing that. <laughs> hey, I'm not. I'm not sure Broner. Is smart enough to process that he's not about that life. Yeah. Then again, this is a man who robbed another man at, over a bowl, like $500 in a bowling match or game. <laughs> so, who, who knows? Adrian Brunner. I just hope Javante Davis shows up this fight. Because I remember his last fight left a lot to be desired. Yeah. So. Um, Keith Thurman, not fighting Errol Spence this year, says he wants to rematch Danny Garcia and... Uh, God, who else? Yeah, it was another name he threw out. I can't remember either. But um, you know what? I'm I'm not mad now because I feel like now that leaves the possibility of it was, Spence and Crawford. Uh, Porter. There we go. So, yeah, so Keith Thurman's going to be fighting Danny Garcia and or Keith, uh, Sean Porter this year and not Errol Spence or Terrence Crawford for that matter. So, but that's going to be on May 19th in Brooklyn. Um, Adonis Stevenson versus Badu Jack is also going to be on that day. So that, that I'm not sure. We mentioned Jack before on this podcast. But Badu Jack's been steadily becoming like one of those dudes who's just really fun to watch. Uh, he beat the bricks off of somebody the last time we mentioned him. Uh oh, God. Um, Nathan Cleverly, something. He boxed that dude's face off. Yeah. <laughs> um. I don't know why they're waiting five months for this fight, but they're going to do a rematch between Abner Mares and Leo Santa Cruz. Like, their first fight was good. It did good ratings on ESPN, but it wasn't anything special. Like, it, it wasn't a fight of the year type deal. Um, Jermell Charles is going to be on the undercard for that. It's going to be on June 9th. And just to close that out, um, Errol Spence Jr. will be fighting on June 16th. Uh, opponent t- uh, to be announced. So, is, did I get to everything? Uh, only other few I got, uh, I guess back to the, to MMA, uh, Joe Lozon and Chris Grusmacher, uh, Joe Warren and Joe Tamingo, Angela Hill, Marina Maros, um, and I can't remember if we mentioned this last podcast or not, um, but Carlos Condit and Matt Brown is an official thing now, um, so yeah, uh, that's pretty much all I got, and well, I guess we had one more, but I'll, I'll let you kick that one off. Yay. Um, to the dismay of many, many a WWE and MMA fan, <laughs> Ronda Rousey is officially part of the WWE, and she will be wrestling at WrestleMania. I'm trying <laughs> to imagine what a Ronda Rousey promo. And, like, I don't really watch wrestling anymore, but... They should not give her a microphone. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Everything... Everything is pre-recorded. Hide the fact that she cannot speak on the microphone for crap. <laughs> do not give this woman a hot mic. Please. So did she do anything at the Royal Rumble? Okay, so... Uh, uh, so... 
I'm not sure how familiar you are with the uh, the WWE's relationship with their Japanese talent. But um uh, let's just say it's not been good like at all. Oh. Uh so, uh, so this year it just so happens that two um darlings really of like JM uh, J- uh Japanese pro wrestling, Shinsuke Nakamura and um Asuka end up winning the Royal Rumbles. Asuka being the first woman to win the first ever Women's Royal Rumble, having to deal with um, the winner going to WrestleMania and fighting the champion of their choice. She she gets you know, she wins the Rumble, you know, does does the thing. She points at the sign. They like it when you point at the sign. Um, the champions get in the ring, and she's about to choose which one she's going to face at WrestleMania. And then all you hear is, I don't give a damn about your reputation. And out comes Ronda Rousey. Oh, no. After like, <laughs> after like a 20-second pause where we know she's there because it's her freaking song, but somebody forgot to give her the cue to go out. Oh, no. Yeah. So she walks into the ring, <laughs> awkwardly points at the WrestleMania sign. Like, I, I want you to see this picture of her pointing at the sign. Because it is so awkward. Like, you can tell this is the, o- the only direction they gave her is, like, point at the damn sign. So people know that you're talking about WrestleMania. Alright, let's, let's, let's see what's... See where Ronda's, uh... Alright, let's, let's see. <clears throat> do, 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 do. And she's in Roddy Roddy uh Roddy Roddy Piper's jacket. She doesn't even look convincing. Like she almost looks like she doesn't want to be there. <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, she wants to be there. That's the thing. Because she actually likes wrestling. Oh, uh, yeah. This is not being sold very well. She, she like, she kind of like. I don't even know how this. She kind of strokes the woman behind her title and then exits the ring. So, so they completely undercut for Asuka's win, so that they could get Ronda Rousey in the uh, in the ring. I wonder if they're gonna try to make her into like. Are they? Are they gonna? Are they gonna give her like the Brock Lesnar treatment? Is she just gonna they, shoot up the ladder? They need to because she can't be on TV every week. Like, if you can't cut a promo. And, and, like, you're not, like... We all know how she is as a wrestler. She's a fantastic athlete. She is a legit judo champion who can do, like, incredible things that normal um, WWE performers can't do. But we still know how she does it in, like, a match setting. Right. I don't know if she could take a flat back, like... That's what I'm wondering. So, like, can, she t- can she take bumps? Is she... Is she gonna jump off any turnbuckles? <laughs> like, she shouldn't. She should just be, like, a powerhouse. Like I, I, I'd love to see her fucking just throw Nia Jax, you know what I mean. But like, if she can't do that, she can't be on TV every week. You like, you just can't. She like, I, I feel. And the rumor is they're trying to have her like tag team with The Rock, what? for a match because they're not sure she can work a match by herself. I mean. I guess that wouldn't be a bad... I don't know about her and The Rock, but 
I, I guess that wouldn't be a bad thing though if you pair her up with somebody and you you know to I guess maybe get her feet wet a little bit. But uh, anything that doesn't involve her in front of a mic, I guess I'm okay with. <laughs> like, She's just not a good actress. Like yeah, yeah. A, a Ronda promo would be so cringeworthy, like ungodly cringeworthy. Just like give her like she doesn't have to say like all this crazy shit. Just let her say like call somebody a do nothing bitch <laughs> and just toss them. I wonder what a run what's a Ronda finishing move gonna be? Armbar. Ah, oh, they gotta give her something different. Uh, armbar is the finisher for a while. It's Becky uh, Lynch's finisher. She like, should have some kind of judo throw or something. Judo throw into the arm bar, like. I don't know. I don't know. Ron, Ron and, I mean, I, I guess it is good, though, that, I mean, I don't know, maybe, being slightly optimistic, may, maybe the fact that she's a fan of wrestling will help. Maybe she'll, because she wants to be there, that, I don't know, maybe that'll raise her, her game, quote-unquote, in terms of, like, having Mike presence or something like that, but. Like, I just keep going back to, like, the gym stories I hear about Ronda when she was first coming up in, like, MMA. And, like, how she kind of, she kind of got chased out the gym a little bit. Um, and, like, I, I'm imagining her at the Performance Center with all those guys, like, girls who've been doing this for, like, since they were, like, 13. All right. Like... I can't imagine, like, her and Kyrie Sane, like, getting along, you know? Or... You're going to have to find somebody to, <laughs> to take her under the wing. Because I'm pretty sure they're probably paying her pretty good money, I-, I would imagine. Yeah. So, somehow, like, they have to make that work. And this isn't, like, the WWE for, like, um, from, like, the 90s or 80s where, like, people cared about whether you were the big dude on campus or whatever. Like... Most of those dudes did not care that Hogan was the champ because, like, because Hogan brought all the money. Like, it, it's not that same. It's not the same type of thing as it was back then. Like now, everybody wants to be the star. Which fair enough, but that means when you get a legit star like Rousey in there, it kind of throws a wrench in the whole thing. And I get why WWE fans are upset because. Women have been treated poorly for, like, the vast majority of WWE's history. And it's only recently that they've been treated like real competitor. Oh, not only when I say competitors, because WWE doesn't treat anybody like competitors. <laughs> they're, they're sports entertainment. But um, they, basically, they, they with any type of respect. Let's go, they, they, they're treating the women a little better nowadays. So I guess it just sucks to see somebody come in who basically only came because she had to she got she rage quit the sport that she was actually like famous for you know what i mean but this is the same company that once had lawrence taylor headline wrestlemania so of course they're going to sign rousey yeah they were (laughs) that was bellator before bellator yeah lawrence taylor (laughs) versus bam bam bigelow once headline wrestlemania I think I watched that. I watched that. <laughs> I feel like I watched it. <laughs> but 
I don't want to rag on Ronda for too long, but yeah, I guess you know that's that's the thing. I mean, um, like this this was kind of like I want to say it was the last option, the only option available to her, but it kind of was. Cause I mean, like, the other option was to leave your camp, but you know, I, 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 I'm I'm factoring in the mental blocks that Rousey gives herself. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I, we'll we'll see what happens with her and then the WWE. Um, she's gonna be um, a, she's gonna be like a faction with um, what's her face, Shanna Baszler, eventually. Ugh. Ugh. Ba- hey, Baszler is actually good. Is he? Yeah. I can imagine her cutting a promo though. I feel like she's probably uh. She is somebody who is like she she's Josh Barnett's um. Trainee, like of course she knows that cut a promo. Yeah, yeah, not saying Josh Barnett cuts a good promo, but it's something. Uh, she she knows the rubric. Yeah, she right. Well, yeah, oh, well, first, do her and Ronda get along? I wonder. For what horsewomen? Oh yeah, 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 they are. Yeah, that is there. Yeah, so she probably should go under her wing because that's probably why Shayna Baszler is in the WWE. To be honest with you, because uh, well, well, she... well, oh. uh, that's just I don't know. That's. We'll see. We'll see. When is WrestleMania? Uh, March, April. April, I think. So you got you got a few months before uh, for build up. Right. I'll, I'll I'll keep an eye out, but I will not. Um, will not get my hopes up for anything. <laughs> at, at least we're getting Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles. That's gonna be amazing. I actually just saw him for the first time the other day. Or maybe like a week ago. Was Nakamura. Nakamura? Yeah. Was it the WWE run or was it um, New Japan? Um, Might have been New Japan. I know it wasn't WWE. Alright. Was he in NXT? He was in NXT for a little bit. No, no. It was NXT, it was NXT actually that I watched him. Yeah, he actually is really, really good. Yeah, he's legitimately the best in the world. Or at least at one point was. I don't know about it anymore. But, yeah, so I guess that's uh, pretty much it for news and notes, all the good stuff that happened this week, over the weekend. Uh, so uh, I guess let's uh, let's get into this, this card, <laughs> um, which, hint to hint, side note, um, where, where's my, my, my sticky pad? Um, this, this card had the all-time low rating on <laughs> UFC Fox of 1.5 million viewers. Uh, they said the official number will probably be like slightly higher, but... Probably not by too much. Before um, before we hop into this, can we talk about something real quick? Yeah. About how the UFC's in a contract year, and they're supposed to be putting on their best programming possible to draw on the biggest amount of ratings this year, and um, they somehow came up with Jacare versus Brunson as a headliner for their Fox show. I mean... Like these cards are these cards are basically just violence for violence sake at this point, right? I guess they figure that's weird though, because this card didn't. And I think they they mentioned it in the article. Like this card didn't really get like a ton of promo. Like I mean, what... this was one of those cards you kind of forgot was even happening, unless you're just like a big Jacare fan. Uh, and... it, it's here, like, what on this card is there the promo? Like, the main card was a couple of middle-of-the-road, admittedly really fun, but, like, 
not really going anywhere. <laughs> um, welterweights and Drew Dober and, and um, Franco Macho, a uh, hometown guy who's like one and one in the UFC, taking on a blue chip prospect who's basically only fought on TV once, and uh, Ronaldi versus Gillespie, uh, and um, the co-main event, which is Andre Feely versus Dennis Bermudez, two guys. Super far out of featherweight title contention, and then at the top you got Jacare and Brunson, both dudes who have basically lost to every top fighter they've ever fought, except Gegger Musasi in Jacare's case. And Jacare's pushing forty, so like we're we're kind of seeing like the peak of Jacare. Yeah, I don't know. Like hey, maybe. They have another deal or some other place they want to go. I don't know if this is the best foot for it. But, I mean, I mean, it is just the start of the year. Still, But, like, next week it's Eric Anders and Leo Machida, and Leo Machida hasn't won a fight in, like, four years. <laughs> they're banking on Anders becoming the next somebody, I guess. And they're going to have him do it in Brazil. Yeah. Like, how, how mean is that? God. What if he loses? I mean, there's a good chance he does lose. There's also a good chance he goes out there and just waylays the dude. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like Machida's probably gonna make, probably gonna get Molly whooped, but I don't know. You, you never know. Machida's real crafty. He might might have another crane kick up his sleeve. But point being, like th- these cards are just turning into violence for violence' sake, man. Like there there there's so much turmoil at the top of so many divisions. Because the UFC's done a bad job of, like, giving the most deserving fighter a title fight. That it stalls up all these, like... Jacare and title contention should be a fun thing. But it kind of isn't. Because we saw, we just kind of saw him, like... Like, how, how, what type of run was he on before he lost to, um... To Robert Whitaker? I thought he had a pretty decent. Let me see. I thought he had a pretty decent run going. Like he before he got like absolutely like shit kicked by Whitaker. He was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven and one in the UFC, and his only loss came in the controversial split decision to Yo Romero. Then he get then he goes on Fox and gets absolutely obliterated by Whitaker. Like. Where we had two fights after the Romero fight, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm saying like he was seven one in the UFC. Like he yeah. had all this momentum behind him, and it kind of just got flushed yeah. down the toilet. And it was bad because like the Whitaker fight wasn't even close. Yeah, <laughs> and it was a Fox. So like but... he went from his last fight losing in like not even the co-main events, but I think, or was it the co-main? No, it was the um, it was the second fight on the card. So he he went from losing in that fight and getting knocked out to headlining. You see what? Well, I mean, I guess kind of to his credit, though. I mean, he he still was one of those guys that people were probably waiting for to come back. Yeah, I, I don't know if he'll. Actually, you know, I can't say if I don't know if he'll win a title, because I don't know how I feel about. Well, maybe aside from Romero, um. 
because Whitaker is he still he's still out. I think they, they had an update on his injury though. It's eating his organs. No, they, they, I saw something. I didn't click on the link though. They said there he, he offered something positive about his. Oh recovery. yeah, he posted he posted a picture of himself training on Instagram. So yeah. I'm, I'm assuming he's well enough to hit the pads. Um, but I mean, two jogger race credit, even at forty. I mean, yeah, like outside of those like those top three, four guys, he still probably well as we saw in this main event, <laughs> which as we'll get to. Kind of just obliterates most of the other competition. Yeah, I mean, if 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 the card was for violence sake for violence sake, the main event ended in such fashion. Um, <laughs> I'm actually rewatching the fight again now. Oh, no, like uh, this card was like if if you were just in it for the violence, there was some good violence on this one. Like, yeah, and I'm not gonna lie though, this this main event actually, I picked Jacare to win. I thought this fight was gonna be a bit more. For some reason, I thought it'd be a bit more back and forth than what the first fight was, and um, I mean, I guess in a way it was. I feel like Brunson threw more, but he didn't <laughs> land a whole much. <laughs> yeah. Like if you watch the fight, like it's, it's Jacare, he he's throwing a lot of uh, a lot of body kicks. Brunson would get like these little flurries off, but I felt like most of the punches, like Jacare, they were just kind of rolling off of his arm, or like he would just tighten up his defense and kind of evade him, and then uh. Brunson got countered with a right hand, and he shook his head like it didn't hurt, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> he probably felt it. And then, like, I think at one point, Jacare went for a takedown. They got a quick scramble. Um, yeah, like, it, it wasn't too much, like, crazy action, really, up until <laughs> that head kick. Where, like, and Jacare was just working kicks the entire fight. And then Brunson would blitz, Jacare would dodge, he would counter with a right, and then... Eventually, this uh, this head kick lands. I, I wonder if, if I don't know. I'm I'm wondering if he got caught with the head kick because maybe he thought it was going mid because that's where most of Jacare's kicks were going, and then Jacare just kind of went high, catches him right on the head. <laughs> Brunson just stumbles back. Jacare catches him on the right, gives him a few like left hands, and that was a uh, that was a wrap. That was, um, Don't forget the part where Jacare just got casually strolls after hitting him with the head kick and just walks over and right. to punch him. <laughs> like, and it was funny because I feel like Jacare's demeanor this entire fight was like, I feel like he was, he felt really confident. I think that he would win. Like I don't think there was any doubt in his mind that this fight was going to end any other way. And then, uh, you know, it was good to see him at the fight. Like he was really emotional. You know, especially coming back from. The loss that he recently had, so you know that, and um, he was—I think he was hurt. Yeah, like he—he he had to get like surgery and stuff. Not even just hurt. I think he had like a pro, like a health issue. So I, like, oh. I can't remember what it is though. So all, all that combined, I guess being said, you know, I can see why you know, real emotional, good, good comeback win. You you beat the <laughs> you beat the home uh, the hometown guy in devastating fashion. Um. Yeah, I mean, there aren't, can't really write up a comeback better. Like, you, you come back and you head kick this guy pretty much into oblivion. And, yeah, <laughs> you, you put yourself back on the mat pretty much. Pretty much. Like you never left. He's got a big fight lined up. It's going to be Chris Weidman or um, Kelvin Gastelum or I guess he could just fight the winner of a Whitaker. Not Whitaker, uh, Rockhold Romero if Whitaker's not ready. So. Does Wadman not have a fight lined up? 
Uh, I don't think so. He'll probably be on that Brooklyn card. I would love, yeah, I would love to see Jacare and Wyman. Definitely would like to see that fight. I mean, after after Rockhold um, Romero happens, it's like the last fight that need the last middleweight fight that needs to happen. Yeah. And then Wyman can go up two hundred five. Yep. <laughs> also, but... side note, um, I think prior to this fight, Brazil had yet to win a fight in the UFC in twenty eighteen. I want to say they were 0 and 6 and or 0 and 7, including a couple losses tonight. Uh, the that uh, Saturday night against was it Gadafer Pepe loss and Juliana Lima loss, and Yo uh, Joe Kim Silva loss. So I want to say they were like 0 and 7 heading into the main event of this one. So Jacare stopped the bleeding. Yeah. See, I leave it up to the vet to put the whole put the whole country on his back. <laughs> um, for Brunson. You think we've seen his peak? This is about as high as the Brunson can go. Well, his peak involved him having his chin so high up in the air on his punches that it looked like he was trying to see over a fence. <laughs> so yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure we've seen the best of Derek Brunson, and it is, it's just not that. Yeah, like I, I mean, he he always has a puncher's chance in a fight, but yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, he might. Puncher's chance can always get you, you know, I ain't going to say by luck, but he, he he is normally always one punch away from winning a fight. But I just, I feel like anybody else that he fights who can crack like he can, but is just a bit more skilled than he is in terms of like just being well, more well-rounded in terms of somebody like a Jacare who can knock you out, but can also take you to the ground where you're like pretty much guaranteed to lose. Like, I don't know. I don't know how he does against like the elite, elite of the of the division. Like I feel like he'll always be like right outside of like that those top guys. But, yeah, I mean, dude's just a defensive liability. He is a knockout waiting to happen. Yeah. Um, he he might have, he might stand a better chance if he went back to being a blanket or like a top or like a top control ground and pound type of guy. Uh, he was able to get Romero down. Um, I feel like that was why they weren't giving him big fights <laughs> at first. I mean, probably, but like yeah, he was also be. it was really like he got into the UFC like really early into his career. Uh, I want to say he was like three or four years in. Like I, I feel, I feel like he's only been doing this like eight or nine years. Not only, but but um, yeah, no, I I I don't see. Brunson having like a late career resurgence, or like, cause he's like what thirty four now. Is he really that old? Yeah, I want to say he start, he, like he, yeah, he's thirty four. Oh, he uh. he started pro in, oh uh, no, he started pro in twenty ten. All right, yeah, he got into the UFC in uh twenty thirteen, or twenty twelve, I should say. Oh God, no! So it's been like six years of Derrick Brunson flirting with being good. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't see Brunson going any higher than he is now, uh, unless the entire division above him just kind of falls off at the same time. Yeah, see, I was gonna say that. I think the one thing kind of on his side is that, I mean, he's thirty-four, but a lot of the top guys, they're they're pretty up there too, so. I don't know. He he might be able to slip through the cracks somehow. 
but then I don't, I don't know if I don't know if he gets past a dude like a Rockhold or but then I don't know. You could get Rockhold on the chat one one time. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't envision him winning a belt, but I, feel I don't like envision him getting a title shot. I don't know. I, I could somehow see him getting a title shot. Maybe not like this year, but just on the fact that I, some of these older guys are just eventually going to fall off the earth. And if he can somehow keep himself around, you know, he might be a, a punch away think, from at least a contender I, I, fight. I think it just comes down to how much longer a season is athletic peak. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, power will carry you, can carry you, but only but so far. Um, so I don't not know. To, we'll, we'll, not speed and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. And I would hope as he gets older, hopefully he can tighten up that defense. But good, good win for Jacare. I'm, I'm all down for head kicks. <laughs> that is my favorite form of KO. Oh, oh, yeah. So, I will say this: like, um, Jacare moved to the states. He's now like he's a full time here in the U.S. I think he's in like Florida or something. Yeah, they mentioned that down the broadcast because he um. I guess he wanted to change the. Thank, the, th- thank God, because X Gym. I guess we I gave him too much credit for making Jackeray, because their uh their 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 gym, not good, not good. Not in like technique or anything, like uh, strength and conditioning and like game planning though, not good. Like their their strength and conditioning coach looks like a bodybuilder. <laughs> I think he was saying too, like in that gym, they were just training him like way too hard. Oh like, yeah, it was, no, it was it was like straight up like you said every sparring session was like a fight. Yeah, and you can't so, be doing that at thirty eight, thirty nine. Right. <laughs> yeah, work 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 smarter, not harder. So, yeah, ho- hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully, his, I don't know. New gym, he could he might have one more run in him. That might be, you know, like the the fresh breath, so to speak, that he might need to maybe get him that one last run. I really like the stuff I saw from his coach when they were working on um on the countdown show or whatever the hell they were playing in between uh, during commercials where uh he was literally just th- he was literally just it was just him throwing the same kick that he used to uh to knock out Bronson. <laughs> <laughs> Told you I I had no doubt I have no doubt in my mind that Jacare like when he went to sleep the night before he just envisioned how this fight was gonna go and he just went in and did exactly what he saw <laughs> but great one for Jacare. as a fan i was really happy to see him back and happy to see him back in the win column so uh yeah we'll, we'll keep an eye on him see what happens next um this next fight also shout outs to fox cards because there are only four fights on the main card which i'm always appreciative of um co-main event andre touchy feely and dennis bermudez um some some would say controversial uh, controversial split decision. Uh, I don't have the scorecard in front of me, but uh, Philly won a close split decision. Um, I will say, in real time, when I was watching this fight, felt like Bermudez was giving Philly the work. I went back and rewatched it, and I, I think this fight was actually a lot closer than I gave Philly credit for. But I can't say he won still. Yeah, can't say he won because he he got outstruck something. He got outstruck by like thirty, forty strikes. I want to say my numbers are probably off. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, which I definitely probably am. But I I think this 
This fight and what what other fight? This fight and the one on the prelims, the Ji Young Kim fight and the Justin Keish fight. Yeah. These fights to me kind of had the same story as to where like anytime as as good as Bermudez did, these this fight didn't have like there there were no moments like the Jacare fight where somebody clearly got nailed and like got rocked. And I just felt like since there were no like super significant moments, it, I, I just left the fight open for the judges to give it to either or, because really both of them were trading shots. Um, like I said, I, I felt like Bermuda's to to me he won purely just to kind of based on volume alone. But I mean it's not like Philly was landing shots, but I felt like he spent a lot of the fight kind of like circling around, backpedaling. You know, I felt like Bermuda's kind of just pushed the pace the entire time. Um, Kicked the shit out of his leg. Right. (laughs) Bermuda's to me just seemed like he was clearly just outworking Philly. But I don't know that the only thing I can think of is just due to a lack of there wasn't there wasn't one significant hit where like Bermuda's rocked him or around where he was just like on top the entire time. I, I guess that's like the only way I could see this fight going to Philly. And like I said, it's not like he fought a bad fight. He definitely landed some good shots. I just thought like his volume was not as high and like I said he spent a lot of the fight kind of circling and countering which, you know, worked at some points, but he definitely ate his fair share of shots and but I don't know, judges saw a different fight. Uh they gave it to him. I guess kind of is what it is. <laughs> uh what, what what did you think? Uh I thought Bermuda's went all three rounds. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Sorry, Stokes. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, like Philly looked good. Like uh, one thing they mentioned, one of the things they mentioned during the broadcast is like Philly finally feels like he looks like a fighter should look. And when he came to the USA, he was a string bean, like a muscly string bean, but like a string bean. Like now he looks like a, now he looks like a big featherweight, like long, strong. He was able to fend off, um, I want to say, five or six of Bermuda's takedowns. He didn't get taken down to like, the third round. And even then, he was able to get up. So, you know, great shit. Um, he, he did much better with the jab. Um, but Bermuda's with those leg kicks, man. He really... If you want an example of how to chop down the bigger fighter so that you are able to get inside later in the fight, this was it. Cause like by come by the come the third round like the 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 range was nothing, Bermudez was landing really easily over the top with the right hand. Um, was really had uh Philly like limping on that leg. Um, just just like really good work from Bermudez, but uh Philly was landing really hard early on. I'll, I'll give him that. Like lots of jabs, um, lots of hard jabs, lots of kicks. Uh, it, it was a really good fight, actually. Uh, like, don't let the decision or the controversy around it fool anybody. Like, it was a good fight. Yeah. And, I mean, these these, these moments just kind of happen. Like, every every now and then you're just going to get one of these fights where you you might question the judges. But, yeah, as you said, it, it was entertaining fight nonetheless. Um, and I, I guess I won't be so mad about it only because, like you said, Philly did look good. So... I guess I'm more willing to just kind of let this one go. 
I'm sure Bermudez does not feel the same, but <laughs> since Philly did like a solid job, but I guess I'm not gonna I'm not gonna harp and be angry on the, Twitter over this. But the thing that probably sealed it from were the takedowns. Um, we didn't mention it, but he got like four of them right in the first two rounds. Yeah, I don't remember him doing. Did he? I remember him doing a lot with him. I uh, know, like Bermudez got up at most like 15 seconds later. So yeah. It, yeah. That's still an accomplishment. Like, the fact that he was even able to take him down, like I said, and even fend off the takedowns, which, you know. But, yeah, good good performance from from Philly. Really from both. It was a nice fight. Uh, by the end of the fight, both of them were... Philly was definitely bloodied up. Um, but, yeah, Ramirez was, was pretty marked up, too. So, once again, if you if you want to watch some violence, <laughs> this another good example of just violence on this card that happened. Um Real quick, MMA Mania, fuck you guys. You scared the crap out of me. What happened? Uh, they just posted a story. UFC champ Chris Cyborg is about to become a mom. But uh, <laughs> she she has an 11-year-old girl she's planning to adopt. Uh, yeah, we cannot lose the featherweight champ. <laughs> In a division where they're only... Two fighters. Two people. <laughs> well, I, I was, I was talking more. I was thinking more like the Amanda Nunes fight. Oh, that would have sucked. Oh, that would have sucked. I mean, like, if it had happened, congrats to her. But like, come on, yeah. timing, man. Right. <laughs> Have your baby on your own time. <laughs> not, not when we got, we got fights to go down. But yeah, shout, shout out to this fight. Co-main event was 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 pretty nice and violent. Um, really this whole main, well, I can't say this next fight was that violent. Um, there were some shots landed though, but anywho, uh, Gregor Gillespie, Jordan Rinaldi, um, I think you had mentioned that I didn't know this. Uh, what's, what's Rinaldi's UFC record? I want to say he's like one and one in the UFC. He's one and two actually. One and well now. Well, now he's one and two. Yeah, he was one and one at the time of the fight. And his only um, win was over Alvaro Herrera. Yeah. So um, they threw a hometown guy in there against a pretty highly touted undefeated prospect. And I mean, to Ronaldo's credit, he landed a few good shots in the beginning. I want to say he landed a nice. He landed a head kick at some point. I think he landed a pretty good knee too. Um, but pretty much once this fight went down to the ground, um, that was pretty much like all she wrote. Um, did he get ground and pounded out? I can't remember the ending of this fight. One moment. Sorry, you called me Mitchell. Um, <laughs> uh, Gillespie got on top. Um, well, first of all, Ronaldo did a great job. Um, throwing Gillespie off with those uppercuts because he was just, like, winging them. Uh, he, he really wanted G- uh, Gillespie to stay up. Did not work, though. I want to say he got him down with, like, the single leg or something like that. I think it was one of the kicks or a knee he threw, and I think Gillespie caught it. Something like that happened. Yeah. But, no, it might have been a single leg. But he, he got on top of him, tried to go for, like, a bunch of different submissions. Uh, I want to say he tried to go for, like, Americana, uh, a rear naked choke, but... Like Ronaldo wasn't having it, so he finds him out um, on the back, on his back, and just proceeds to pound him with his uh, one arm for like 
a good 10, 15 seconds before the ref's like, you're not fighting back, I'm calling the fight. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, hometown guy just kind of gets trounced. <laughs> um, Story of the night. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, good good on Gillespie. Uh, definitely a prospect worth keeping an eye on. Uh, I like how after the, after the fight and the post-fight, he's like, yeah, I know you guys are booing me, but I had to come out here and do my job. Basically just saying, like, I trashed your hometown guy. <laughs> just deal with it. <laughs> but, yeah, good good on Gillespie. He's now, is he 11-0? Yep. So, 11-0 in a division that just... <laughs> like <laughs> a division that just never ceases to have talent. So yeah. he's like the the 80th person worth keeping an eye on yeah. in this division. Like basically, yeah. uh, hopefully they put him in the. Hopefully they keep they put him on that Brooklyn card. Like going fight at ho- well, kind of at home, um, in New York. Um, like the the, the dude's thirty one, thirty two, something like that. So it's time to strap a rocket on his back and just like launch him into the top fifteen because th- this division is not kind to older fighters. Yeah. So you, you gotta get you gotta get him in there while he's still young. Yeah. And he's a fun fighter too. Like he he he's not you know. And I don't know, man. His I feel almost bad for like the prospects in this division. Because it's like, you're never... <laughs> this is going to be the easiest fight he'll ever get. Like, after this, if they decide to bump him up a notch in competition, like, he could very well get starched in his next fight just because oh, yeah. everybody's so good. <laughs> so, but, I mean, nevertheless, shout-outs to Gillespie. Definitely a, a, a talent worth keeping an eye on, undefeated up to this point. So, um, yeah, shout-outs to him. Uh... This next fight, this this was a very, especially that first round, Drew Dober, Frank Camacho, did this, they, one of them got an award, does it get fight of the night? Yeah, it got fight of the night. Yeah, because I, yeah, they, I remember reading, uh, they got the 50k bonus. Um, I guess before I even go into the fight, uh, shout outs to Camacho, because in that one card that shall not be named, um, he was one of very few fighters. <laughs> <laughs> who had a good fight on that card, a, a fight worth mentioning uh, on that card that was the longest card in UFC history. Um, so shout-outs to him. Uh, he fought Drew Dober in what was just a three-round just boxing fest, pretty much. Um, unfortunately for Camacho, <laughs> he, had a, he had a pretty good first round, and then I, I think he just kind of emptied the tank. And it just seemed like Dober was probably a bit more well-conditioned and was able to kind of keep the pace up. Um, Camacho considerably slowed down in the second. Kind of picked it back up in the third. But th- this fight was just violence. Like, two dudes who were just kind of just winging it and just cracking each other. <laughs> it was just it was really beautiful and just fun to watch. But, yeah, Camacho ran out the tank. Drew Dober just... He he just had more in the gas tank. Really, kind of seemed like he didn't really get too winded. Like he, he kept that that pace up for a good amount of time. But th- this is the, if you don't see any fights on the card, you should definitely watch this. Like this this fight was just it was violence just all the way through. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, fun fact, this is Camacho's third fight in the UFC. It's his third fight of the night. Second time getting paid for it because he missed weight uh, when he fought, who was it? Uh, Damian Brown at um, at the Redoom Tibera card. So, but yeah, dude's made for $50,000. Yeah. Like, he's going to go out there, he's going to... Uh, He's gonna let the, he's gonna get the the crowd going. Um, Justin Drober, who or Dober, who is like quietly becoming one of my favorite welter like welter lightweights, who just consistently fight and is consistently getting better, but not good enough to be like a top talent. Um, I I don't have like a lot of technical. Like leaning from this fight, like it was like a really good scrap between two lightweights who fought up a weight class. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. What did he start? He did start at lightweight, didn't he? Camacho. No, uh, the Dober. Dober, yeah. He fought Nikain, I think. Or am I just making it up in my head? I don't remember who. Oh yeah, he fought Nikain and then married his sister. Okay. <laughs> I want to say, I can't remember if it was this fight. Oh my god. I'm like rewatching this fight now. Yeah, this was the fight. Camacho was landing a lot of good, like, these little trips <laughs> that, he, that he was doing when they would clinch. He landed a good number of these. Especially in the first round. I think he landed like two of them. But oh yeah, the foot sweeps. Yeah, he was landing, those foot sweeps were money. Like, every time he was going for them. But... Yeah, he kind of just ran out of the tank eventually. But, yeah, they, they were they were slugging in the first. And he actually dropped. <laughs> he dropped Dober in the first at the very end. Uh, but not completely dropped him. He, he he didn't even sit him down, but, like, he buckled his knee. And then, yeah. But shout-outs to Camacho and Dober. Like, this was an awesome fight. Two dudes who just slugged it out pretty much. Um, the main card was pretty dope, all in all. Like, it, it went by pretty fast. <laughs> I mean, the, the Philly fight was the only one. Oh no, these both went to decision, but like it it was a good it was a good main card. Like all, all right. of the the fights had pretty good action. Um, the, if you're here for the action, like this, worth checking out. Right. You got your your dose of of needed violence. Um. So yeah, that was actually <laughs> the whole main card. Um. So I guess we'll we'll get on to some of these prelims. Um, not all of these. I watched all of them. I don't remember all of them. But um, the feature prelim was Bobby Green and uh, Eric Cook. Um, Coke. Coach Coke. I can't even remember. I think it's Coke. <laughs> I'm gonna say it's Coke. I don't know why it he, feels he, like he it's ha- been. He has a Coke head tattoo on his arm or something. So. <laughs> So, somebody mentioned this. I don't remember where I read this at, but somebody had mentioned it during this fight. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers that, because, like, Eric uh, Koch was in the WEC. He looks completely different than what he did in the WEC. I don't know if you remember him back then, but he was really pale. He almost looks like a completely different person, though. I mean, maybe he's been getting that vitamin uh, C. <laughs> but Chilling out in the sun. Living a life. Why does it feel like it's been so long since we've seen Bobby Green? But I know, like, he fought the Venata fight. It wasn't, like, super long ago. Because uh, before that, it was the... Before, like, he... There was a point where he had he took a year off. 
Um, between this Maga uh, Magomedov fight and the Poirier fight, so it, it, <clears throat> plus when he does fight, it kind of looks like uh, he, he it's a little forgettable. Well, he did his uh, he did his thing in this fight. Holy shit, um, you're right. This dude's definitely getting tans between fights. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. <laughs> if if you look at his WEC highlights, he was pale as a ghost. <laughs> like, he looks like a completely different person. Like, I'm not sure this is the same guy. <laughs> right. I mean, I get it. He went up a weight class because he used to fight at featherweight. But, like, he just he just looks he looks completely different. Like, he doesn't even look like the same person. Like, like I, said, I think in WC he was bald-headed. Now he's got a head full of hair, tatted up. Remember I don't know. Eric Coke was supposed to get a title shot off of being Jonathan Brooks? Brookins? Yeah. Yeah, he was supposed to be that guy. <laughs> he was supposed to be that guy. I remember there well, were people who thought he was going to be Aldo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same as uh, Josh Grisby. <laughs> but uh, shouts to Bobby Green, who was actively working to get rid of that boring fighter moniker he got stuck with after the Thompson fight, up through the Mega Middle fight. Like, real quick. I don't think people realize what a shitty part of his life he was going through at that point. Like, his one brother got shot and was killed. His other brother got shot and he lived, but, like, he got shot. There was rumors that there was, a de- like, a gang threat on his life. Like, he was sleeping. Like, he had just had a kid who was, like, two months old and was sleeping on his coach's couch. So that they would not shoot up his house. Yeah, that's uh. On top of all of that, he had an ACL tear. Like, th- th- talk about ninety-nine problems. Like, <laughs> yeah, like th- th- no, no shit. This dude's mind wasn't completely in fighting. All right. So got to hit out on you. That's yeah. So, it's hard so to I, concentrate on hitting pads when. <laughs> yeah, so like, it's fun. It's great to see that he's finally turning into the fighter like I thought he would be. And yeah, this, and this turned out to be like a, a really good fight. Um, Coke had a pretty good first round. Um, I don't know if I would would have gave him the first round, but um, they both were landing good strikes. Bobby, of course, signature shoulder roll that he always does was was in full effect. Um, I want to say I think Coke got a takedown. In the first, so I don't know. You, you might have been able to give uh, Coke the first round, but I think the second and third, Bobby just seemed like he was gaining his confidence. <laughs> he gave him the Nate Diaz walk down uh, a couple of times. It just felt like he, the second and third, he was just finding his range a lot better, and yeah, he he just kind of put on the show. It was a really good, entertaining fight. Um, yeah, it, it was just good to see Bobby Green back. Like, fun fight. He he looked, I, I guess you could say, looked like kind of renewed. Um, I think he's at a new gym, too. He's like a new coaching staff and everything. Like, um, one of the things I really like, uh, like, we don't see from a lot of fighters is just how slick they are in the clinch. And I'm not, I'm not talking about, like, positional dominance or anything like that. But, like, Bobby Green will, like, have an underhook on you. Or you'll have an overhook on them. 
and you're like squeezing down and everything, and you, like you have the wizard and everything, he'll slip his arm out and then hit you three times with that hand before you have any idea what's going on. Like, I, I can't think of another fighter who can, who can do that type of thing. It's just like so natural and slick. He does, well, I think he kind of got booted up in this fight, but there were a lot of moments too where like, Coke was was really throwing to kill, and there were just moments where he would throw, and just Bobby Green just like wasn't there. Like Bobby will fire off one or two, and then his head is off the swivel. Yeah, and Coke is just kind of swinging at nothing. <laughs> and yeah, I mean Bobby was working hands, he was getting in body kicks. Um, yeah, like I said, the, really in the second and third, you could just tell he was finding his range better, and it just kind of seemed like Coke just couldn't. And it wasn't like a lack of effort. Like it's not like he wasn't trying, but yeah, like like yeah, like you. Just, <laughs> I literally just watched <laughs> a combination where they clinched, and he just elbowed Coke twice, <laughs> and then got out of the way. Like, yeah, it was just, it was a really entertaining Bobby Green performance. Um, you know, unfortunately, he's in the lightweight division where there are no easy fights. So I mean, I, it would be cool to see him go on a, a run. See maybe, um, but I'm I'm pretty sure in, in this division there are no lack of fun fights we could see him in, but yeah. Oh, overall though, good good performance from him. Definitely glad to to see him back. Um, and I really enjoyed these little Nate Diaz walkdowns he was doing, <laughs> where he just kind of like he would punch Coco back up, and he would do like the whole puff his chest out, walking around like the big bad wolf, but. Nah, man, yeah, awesome, awesome performance from Bobby Green. This was definitely, uh, definitely worth being the the free the the feature prelim. Oh man, oh, this next fight. Unless you had anything else to add. Oh, did I lose you? Now we can get to this brutality. Oh. <laughs> uh. oh man. Mursad Bektik back with a vengeance. Uh latest victim, uh one Godfredo Pepe. Or that's the nickname, but Godfredo uh Castro. To to Castro's credit, before his demise uh <laughs> eventually happened, um he he was definitely throwing with the intent to kill. The fight was a, a little wild. Um, was it me? I felt like, I don't know, like Masada was just angry in this fight. Like, he had some really just angry Oh, yeah, no, he, he bit down on <laughs> <in> this one. <laughs> like, he, he, he was pissed. Like, the, he woke up with the Darren Elkins fight, like, fresh on his mind. Yeah. He, he was not a happy man. Yeah, um... No, he got after it, like, in ways that we have not seen Bechtick get after it before. Just, like, and and you think, because this is his first camp, I think, where he trained, like, the full time at TriStar. I think that, and that's a good move for him, because the comparison has always been GSP for Bechtick. The way he fights, the way he approaches fights, it's always stylistically been similar to GSP, so it makes sense that he goes to the guy who trained GSP. But like th- this was just the anti tristar. <laughs> like this is I'm going to throw this right hand and hit you with it 
as hard as I possibly can as many times as I possibly can. Because he was literally just marching into the pocket and throwing with Pepe. Who for his great, like, up until the knockout was like holding his own. In turn, because they were both kind of missing a whole lot. Um, Bechtik did tag him a few times really hard, though. Uh, and then that punch Whew. right to the middle of the sternum. And he just died after that. Like, <laughs> it was. <laughs> like, curled up in the ball and just. Ugh. I, I don't know if it was as devastating as the Pico KO was. But it it was up there. It was yeah no it was oof. And I think what I think what kind of made this like so bizarre is like at least with the um c- compared to the Pico KO, like the Pico KO was like that winding punch to the body. This was a straight. Like oh yeah no this was <laughs> right down the middle right to the center of your chest. Right like. There was no wind up, or it wasn't like he cocked his arm back crazy far. Like he just threw a straight. Like you, you have to have some crazy power to just—he just landed a straight and just literally just shut shut Gradafredo off. Like that—that that was it. I—I I don't know um, if this was a part of TriStar's game plan. I feel like they're more methodical, but um, whatever Bechtik did, it it worked. You know, some who, who needs a game plan when you can hit that hard. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that that punch, Jesus Christ! Like the knock against him was that he didn't have power. Uh, Bechtik. Uh, that apparently that's not true because yeah, just absolutely torched this man. What do they do with him next? Uh, get him a top fifteen guy at the bottom. Don't don't try to toss him back in there with like an Elkins or a Stevens. Um like who who's hanging around at the bottom of the top fifteen of featherweight? There's uh Moicano he's down there, isn't he? Yeah. Uh Moicano, Feely, just won a fight to that uh, that that same card. That makes all the sense in the world. Um Qatar or, uh, I keep calling Qatar Cater. Cater just won a fight. Um, Miles Jury. Like, there are dudes from the fight. I like the Jury fight. I think that's a, a winnable. Alright, so uh, due to technical difficulties, a.k.a. I hit the wrong button and hung up on the call. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you guys, before this, <clears throat> you'll probably hear a DJ Scratch edit because I accidentally hung up. So, <laughs> but, um, um, I guess we were just uh, wrapping up the Bechtik and Godofredo fight. Um, yeah, a- anybody in that lower top fifteen for Bechtik, um, I'm, I'm all for. I like the Miles Jury fight. Um, really anybody though. Uh, I definitely want to see this dude fight more. Hopefully, he doesn't get derailed again. But um, yeah, vicious, vicious KO from him. Um, yeah. Another highlight of just violence that happened on this card. <clears throat> um, this next fight, this is where the prelim get a little murky for me. <laughs> I mean, do we do we read the bricks? <clears throat> you know, just, just try to skim through this as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, Caitlin uh, Chuk Chukagan. 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 
and Mara Romero Barella. Um, I, I watched like a bit of this fight, just a smidgen, mm-hmm. but I was also watching uh, Golden State and uh, the Sixers game, which was really good. Um, so I think I picked that over this. Um, I did not regret. Fair. <laughs> I don't regret my decision. Um, Caitlin won by via decision. And I guess that's, that's pretty much that. Um, she really hit that air really hard. <laughs> I, I don't remember anything from that fight. I have uh, no idea what she, happened. She shadow boxed her way to victory, and Mara Romero, Bur- uh, was it Berea? Uh, kind of just stared at her. Yeah. So if it gets you like, the win, it gets you the win. Imagine Frankie Edgar like BJ Penn era Frankie Edgar like if he fought from like a, like if he his punches were like from a foot away. He didn't shoot for takedowns, and he hit even less hard. <laughs> that's exactly how Shkagan fights, and it it kills me to say this because she is also a former team TSMMA. Uh, fighter but uh like that that's the type of performance she gave on saturday it was not fun or good or in light uh uh what's it called enlightening no it, it's not a good look for flyweight and uh i mean it worked mara romero looked completely like just lost she had no idea how to get inside her range or to catch her, like, and she was shooting for takedowns from like five feet away, couldn't get anything going. So, perhaps Shikagan, I guess. Yeah, uh, a W is a W, I guess. <laughs> um, I mean, nowadays it's really not. So, <laughs> um, the next fight, uh, Ronda Marcos, Juliana Lima. Uh, Ronda Marcos and her red hair took Juliana Lima down. All three rounds. Pretty much all I remember from this fight. See, people were a lot harder on this fight than I was. It was just kind of like a boring grappling match. <clears throat> but it wasn't anything that got me upset. Not like the Chikagian Borea fight. I mean, Ronda, Ronda, you know, did a thing. You know, it wasn't the most eye pleasing thing, but she was just clearly out grappling her. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> So sometimes you just gotta go out there and get the win, and uh, you're coming off. She's win loss, win loss, win loss, win loss in the UFC. Like she's yet to win two fights back to back, and I'm assuming she thinks that two losses in a row means that she's gone, which I don't think is necessarily the case. But you, you, who knows nowadays what the criteria is to get cut? Yeah, I don't think there uh, is. I think they just wake up one day and flip a coin. Yeah. But um, she got the win. She got the definitive win. Um, props to her. Um, do you think they could go with Juliana Lima? Oh, what's that? This is uh, let's peep the resume. Um, she's lost two in a row. Uh, she's one in three in her last four, and she is uh, what's this? Three, three, four, three and four overall. To her credit, that's me trying to be an optimistic. Her her losses are to Joanna Yunjacek, which is no shame. Carla Esparza, no shame. Tisha Torres, no shame. But she is thirty five. 
Also, she's boring. Yeah, so I say they they might give her one more, but ugh, I don't know. I don't know. That I feel like with those losses, you might have seen the peak of what she can do, and yeah, I I don't know if that's somebody they 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 keep around. But yeah, at least you know Marcos lived to fight another day. She she did her thing. So uh, congrats to her winning by decision. Uh, this next fight, which was the second fight on this card that ended in split decision, uh, Ji Young Kim and Justine Keish. Um, this fight to me, kind of like the Bermudez Philly fight. Uh, from what, at least from what I saw, a lot of people thought uh, Keish won. For me, this fight kind of came down like the other fight did, as to where when there aren't any like super significant moments. Just kind of leave the fight open for interpretation, <laughs> I guess, for the judges. Um, though I do feel like Young Kim has a pretty hard right hand, but yeah, uh, she she def she definitely won the third round. Like she she can crack. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll definitely give her that. She can crack. She can she she she's there to throw down. But yeah, it's just one of those fights where like. I, I kind of didn't get why people were so mad because, I mean, I mean they they both were landing shots, but it wasn't like, at least the way I saw it, it wasn't like Keish was, like, dominating or anything like that. Like, it wasn't so definitive that, at least in my eyes, that, like, it was just outright, oh, she won. So, I mean, when it went to split decision, I, I wasn't really too surprised. Though, I think in real time I did think Keish was going to win, but I wasn't at the same time, like, surprised that she lost. Because um, the fight was just that close, so you know those these moments just they they kind of happen. The fights are that close. Nobody lands anything like too crazy. There aren't any like defining moments in the fight for either or. It's just kind of both of you trading back and forth, and the kind of fights just they kind of can just go either way. And yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like uh, what's her name? Uh, G Young Kim. Like the the entire point of the fight, and it was a it wasn't a bad plan. It was um. She wanted to walk Kish into strikes, right? Like that was her whole plan. She was moving away. She was trying to get Kim to take the bait and like throw herself into a strike. Because if you remember the um the Nina Ansaroff fight with Justine Kish. There were parts of that fight where Justine was literally just running at Ansaroff. Like, full sprint running. Um, so I think her plan was... Uh, Kim's plan was literally just, like, wait till those moments happen. Plant your feet and then throw down. Um, I think she could have done a better job of getting Kish to chase her. But uh, other than that, like, it was just kind of like a solid... Like you said, like a solid back and forth up until like the third, which is really like the only round that um was like definitive in my yeah. opinion. So, <laughs> I also read a headline. <laughs> it was a headline or a quote. It was somebody for the fight. I guess they were uh, interviewing Young Kim. And they were like, or I don't know, maybe a fan said it. It was like, go make Keish poop her pants again. She was like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> So, something along those lines. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. But, shout, shout out to, uh, 
to Kim. Pretty pretty solid performance. Definitely can crack with that right hand. So, um, and once again, I mean, props to there being a flyweight division now. A lot of people are finding new homes. So, um, get Kish looked way better at flyweight than she has in her recent straw rate run. Uh, straw rate straw weight run. Like she she looks more uh, powerful, less stiff. So, yeah, hopefully we'll. I don't know. I don't know who else might make the jump or come down, but I feel like this division isn't. You know, it's not great yet, but it's not too bad so far. Like the the flyweight fights so far have been they've been decent. So it's not looking like this is a mistake division or something that shouldn't have happened. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Um, these next two fights, I can't comment much on either. <laughs> uh, Vince. Pichelle, I uh, got a unanimous decision over Joaquin Silva. Um, I don't really have much to add. I didn't. I don't remember much of the fight. It honest. Uh, um, I will say, shouts to the homie Five Souls, wherever he may be. Um, I, I remember uh, he was boys with Vince Pichelle, and he hooked me. He hooked me up with some like some gear. So props to him. A guy. That's a like what four years now it was like four years ago yeah so i'm happy for show one for them because that was their boy so but other than that i don't got shit on the fight yeah props to props to free gear <laughs> everybody needs a plug yeah yeah i think it was helping them with like their indiegogo thing where like they were just, they were trying to get this there's money from their clothing line and they were they designed like muhammad ali and uh dan gable and uh sugarfoot um wallace like inspired gear like t-shirts and stuff and they they said they um they hooked me up they sent me like two shirts and um a hoodie that i still have and it came with microphone buds and as like the the drawstrings hmm I, I completely destroyed the microphones, uh, the <laughs> the earbuds, but um, I still wear the hoodie from time to time. So, shout out to the plug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this next fight, uh, Nico Price, George Sullivan. I'm mad that I watched this fight like two times and I still don't remember it, but uh, Nico won by a rear naked choke. Um, don't have much else to say <laughs> about this fight. I I I. I... I really watched the fight like five minutes before we started recording. Now I don't remember it much. Um, <laughs> shout out to Nico Price. <laughs> shout out to Nico Price. I, th- I think my main takeaway was he still needs a lot of work on his wrestling and um, boxing. Because I think at points he was just kind of like jumping on with those right hands. And he's really big and really quick and really he hits really freaking hard. So, of course, it's going to work. On someone like George Sullivan, who's none, who's not really any of those things except big, but um, yeah, no, big, the solid one. He's a really good submission fighter. So, real quick before yeah. we get to the last fight, did any of the North Carolina guys win? <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> I just noticed that. Well. <laughs> I told you, theme of the night. <laughs> Everybody took the plunge. <laughs> it's funny this last fight which was a fight pass prelim i actually do remember 
and I had notes and things dimension for this fight. Uh, Corey Sanhagen uh, versus Austin Arnett. Uh, when this fight first started, I was trying to remember where I saw Sanhagen from before, because he, he just looked really familiar. And then I remembered he was on the LFA card. Um, that uh, what's his name when the interim, uh, the one that Thon Lee won his interim title on, um, he was on that same card last week. Yeah, and <laughs> I remembered him kneeing a guy in the face and elbowing him and punching him into oblivion. <laughs> um, yeah, Cor- Corey Sanhagen. I've actually, uh, after remembering where he came from, I went back and watched uh, his fight with Jose Aguayo on the elevate card. And I went back and watched some of his older cards because he was an RFA also. Um, he's a fun dude, somebody to definitely keep an eye on, um, really fun, dynamic striker, um, watching a lot of his highlights, and he did it in this fight also, um, not afraid to go to the body, uh, <laughs> he, he is one to throw body punches a, a lot, and they tend to be very effective, um, and this fight kind of looked like all of the other fights I've seen from him. Just like a lot of dynamic striking, punches, kicks, knees, elbows. Like the whole striking arsenal this dude pretty much has on display. Um, and he, I don't remember the TKO finish. I just know he kind of beat the crap out of this dude. But. Oh, he hit him with a body punch that literally like, it, it was. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. He caught him with like two body punches, I think. Oh, yeah. It, he got the one that. Um, Made him like keel over, and then the one that put him away. Yeah, but it was basically the same punch that Aaron Pico landed uh, last week. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, so yeah, San Sanhagen is a, a dude uh, at featherweight to to keep an eye. On. Like at, at at most, I'm not saying like he'll be champ or anything, but if you yeah. pair him up with somebody who was willing to stand with him, um, he's gonna give you violence, like guaranteed violence. Yeah, he was doing a lot of things I really like. Um, like the two on ones in the clinch where he would grab somebody like his arm and like he would be on the outside angle, and he would refuse to give it up, and 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 just from there he would land like a, a combination or something. Like the the very first combination of the fight he threw was like all the like a Jose Aldo like left hook to the body, right leg kick to the lead leg, and that immediately won me over. Um. Cause we don't see that anywhere near enough. Um, but he's just such a weird dude. Like Joey came up with the comparison to Max Holloway. I think it's pretty fitting. Like a rangy dude who goes to the body. Who he he probably moves a lot more than Holloway. Um, like some mix of Holloway and Dillashaw. Yeah, I think he trains them. What he did train with them. Yeah, when Dillashaw was out in Colorado, they were um they were training buddies, which makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, you you could see little, there were little subtleties that he did that were kind of like Dillashaw esque. Um, so yeah, th- 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 he he's somebody to definitely definitely keep an eye on. He he's probably gonna give us some some TKOs and and KOs in the near future. Um, and at featherweight, there's a never ending list of exciting people to fight <laughs> to match him up with. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty sure we'll, we'll 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 be hearing from him pretty soon again. Um, what's okay. the du- who's who's the dude who um the bantamweight who was uh, who like Snoop Dogg got, like he was smoking weed with Snoop Dogg after his fight on like um the Dana White Contender series. O'Malley. O'Malley. Yeah, he reminds me of O'Malley. Yeah, c- kind of sorta. I think I I would say the one difference I, I think he's 
I think he hits harder. Oh, definitely. <laughs> he he definitely because o- O'Malley kind of reminds me of like Caceres. Like they have nice dynamic strikes, but they're not like knockout artists. But yeah. Hagen can put you away. Like if he, especially if he catch you with that body shot, you might be done. Like guys, I, I well, I, I always say I remember, I might not, but there's a highlight video of um of San Hagen's fights online, and like a lot of his fights end in body shots, or there's a significant moment in the fight where he crushed somebody with a body shot, and that ultimately led to him winning. So yeah, that's that's something in his his game that I do like. Um, so yeah, that was uh. UFC on Fox 27, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, none of the Charlotte fighters won, but, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's disappointment is a part of life. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. It's, you know, can't can't win them all. But are there any other cards this weekend? Anything else worth mentioning before we get in? Uh... Oh, unless you want to quickly talk about the Bellator card, just like two fights. <laughs> uh, Lorenz Larkin finally won a fight again. <laughs> he 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 out kickboxed um, Fernando Gonzalez to a solid win. Um. Uh. Steve Kazola got knocked out. <laughs> I'm I'm drawing blanks here. Uh, Man, his KO is bad too. I think well, he was like coming in trying to like because they were exchanging, and then Cazola like tried to come in and close the distance. He ate a right hand for his troubles. And... I should probably name the guy who. Be- oh yeah, uh, Jake Smith. <laughs> Jake Smith. Oh man. Oh, you still there? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm just looking at I'm looking at Jake Smith's uh, Jake Smith's uh, Jake Smith's nickname. It's the Half Black Attack. What? <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I have to see this. Hold on. Hold on. The Half Black Attack. Is this real? Is anything real? He- <laughs> he does, he does not look much mixed. This ha- there has to be some other. Hold on, this can't be right. I'm I'm trying to get a picture of of Jake Smith up. Oh no, he is mixed. See, I was half paying attention to the fight, so I didn't really notice it. That is a terrible nickname, though. <laughs> That's why it's an amazing nickname. <laughs> Black attack. Um, I mean, it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> you know, put, putting it down for, you know, the half-blacks. <laughs> oh, boy. He's, I mean, he's gonna have, he's gonna have logic. He's going to have Logic do his walkout music next. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, the half-black attack. But... All jokes aside, though, it was it was a good KO. Like Cazola was looked like he was trying to headhunt and go for the kill, and and uh, Mr. Half Black Attack was uh, not having any of that noise, and he uh, he shut that down. Um, and I, I guess worth mentioning, uh, Tyrell Fortune and his brother Tyree Fortune both fought on the undercard. Uh, both uh, won by decision. Uh, 
So that's that's always good. Need to keep any new prospect in Bellator winning at all costs <laughs> for the sake of having new faces. So uh, shout shout outs to both of them, and shout outs to the thirty other prelim fights that Bellator lists but did not televise or put anywhere. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So uh, um, before I guess before we jump out, um, a couple of dudes who picked up wins: uh, Jorge Linares picked up a win over Mercedo Gusta, and Lucas Martin Matisse beat Tewa Kar- uh, Karam on HBO. And as part of the WBSS World Boxing Super Series Cruiserweight Semifinals, um, Alexander Usyk, former Olympic gold medalist. Now, like WBO, uh, WBO and WBC cruiserweight champion, def- uh, defended uh, well, defended his WBO title, won the WBC title by beating Myris Bridus. Bridus, I can, I'm never gonna freaking pronounce that right. I should know that. Uh, I, I should know Latvia by now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Bride Bridus, um, he beat him over to a majority decision. If you haven't seen the fight, go watch it. It's a pretty solid fight. Um, now he'll be fighting on what is this? What is the fifth month of the year? May. He'll be fighting on May 11th. He'll be fighting the winner of this weekend, as in February 3rd. The winner between Unir Dorticos and Morat Gassiev. Which is going to be a great fight, so tune in and watch that or don't. I don't care. <laughs> Was there one card? There, there was. It was um, former champion Kairat Akhmedov and Gechi Yustakyo. Kyo. 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 I'm never going to get that right either. Goddamn names. <laughs> but, uh... Is, uh who, who won that one? Uh, the Filipino Ge- uh, Geji... Eustachio. Eustachio. Uh He actually won the interim title. Oh, man. I guess that would kind of be in... Well, I'm not sure how the rankings are. I sound like that would be an upset. Uh, Yeah, I think so. He lost the previous fight. It was a split decision, though. I'm not sure if that was, like, contested. Um, I wonder what's happened to Morais. Because he's the champ now. Unless he's hurt. Or just upset with one. Which seems to be. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard his name in a while. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what he's up to. I don't know if he's been injured or if he's just out there just chilling. I mean, he's probably just chilling. Let's be real. But so I guess that was pretty much all of the fights and news that uh has been going down this weekend. Uh, once again, shout out to Fox for having mm. a short card. Was able to watch this card and still stay up and do other stuff so <laughs> but um i guess uh time for pardon shots excuse me and shout outs um i guess i'll start uh shout outs to ryan span uh who is the new lfa uh is light heavy? no i lied um yeah no not never mind i was right uh new middle new ah, new light heavyweight uh, champ and LFA. Um, he fought Alex Nicholson, and well, it was a pretty gutsy fight, man. He he spent a lot of that fight just kind of getting blasted on. Like <laughs> he 
he was definitely getting it handed to him. And then uh, he came out, um, I can't remember if it was the second round, um, but he caught uh, Nicholson with a 1-2 that just dropped him and then gave him some hammer fists, and that was pretty much all she wrote. So uh, shout-outs to uh, Ryan Spann, uh, new champ over there. Um, shout-outs <laughs> shout to Mike Jones. Um, what? <laughs> so I, I recently... Well, as as of actually, I recorded this today. Well, by by the time you guys hear this episode, we already have been out. But um, I recorded an episode pretty much as an ode to like the Texas underground hip hop that I discovered around like two thousand two thousand one when I was living there, and just kind of went into detail about how I like came up listening to those guys and like kind of knew them all before that blow up happened around like when was like oh four oh five when they all like started getting mainstream success. Ringtones, and, bro. Right. <laughs> That's what <laughs> never happened to Texas. <laughs> and right right after I finished recording that podcast, I uploaded it today. Well, not today when you guys hear this, but today as we're recording. And like right after I uploaded it, I, I just started looking up a lot of the people that I mentioned to see if like they were still around. And lo and behold, I look up Mr. Mike Jones, and he's still out here. Um, I told you this. <laughs> You don't remember when we had this conversation about ringtone rappers and, like, the eventual nostalgia for them? Yeah. But I didn't and know, like... He's out here touring. I, I knew he was out, like... I didn't know he was out as of, like, like last year. Like, but actually, not even last year. I think this year. Like, he, he, he put out... Um, he, has a, he has a song with Slim Thug and some other guy, I think, who's his artist... Uh, called Three Grams. He has another song called Sauce. Um, I actually listened to a a podcast of him earlier, kind of detailing like where he's been, what he's been up to. Um, also an, an album that I mentioned in my episode was him and Magno's um, uh, first round draft picks. They're doing a part two. So, shout outs to Mike Jones. Still, still out here. Um, you, you, you think know. when he goes on stage and he screams "Who?" Everybody's like, "No, really." <laughs> according to him <laughs> according to him he's he still got he's still got a solid fan base apparently their shows are still you know shows are still good he's, he's been getting good reception so you know it, it is what it is but shout, shout outs to mike jones um and then i, where's I don't know where, where, where's the album because the third album was supposed to be where is mike jones well, I, I think that's still supposed to be the thing. Like, he, because I, I think he mentioned that during the podcast. Like that album, I think is still coming up. That's so good, good, because I need the, I need all of them. Who is Mike Jones? <laughs> Where is Mike Jones? Why is Mike Jones? <laughs> what is Mike Jones? <laughs> We're getting the where. Hopefully in 2018. According to and then it ends on how is Mike Jones. <laughs> It was funny because I watched the, uh, I was watching one of those videos about uh, is it like some YouTuber he he does videos of like where is and then insert you know rapper that fell off once upon a time, and he was like the saddest part about Mike Jones's comeback is that the two eight one number doesn't work anymore, so you <laughs> 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 can't call the two eight one number anymore. That's a wrap. But <laughs> shout out to Mike Jones. You think we can get uh, Mike Jones on the podcast? 
I feel like we could. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we could. Somehow. I feel like we could. But shout, shout out to Mike Jones, though. I'm, I'm glad to see people from that era, you know, still out being productive, still still putting out music, you know. It's, it's, it's cool to see. So he, he, he's got my support. I'm, I'm rooting for you, Mike Jones. I, I hope it all goes well. Um, yeah. And I don't often throw shots on this podcast, but I got to go throw two. But one, one, it's kind of a shout-out slash a shot, but kind of more of a shot. Um, the uh, the for, for anybody who's a baseball fan, the Cleveland Indians, uh, after like 80,000 years, are getting rid of their chief uh, Wahoo logo, uh, finally. So that that's the thing. Um, guys probably should have done this a long time ago, but I, I guess better late than never. Um, so that's that's going to be happening. And now people are uh, petitioning for the Redskins uh, for NFL to follow suit. I feel like they won't, but that's a different story. Um, so that 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 happened. And uh, shot to uh, the NCAA president. Uh, What's this guy's name? Mark Emmert. Uh, Mark Emmert is the NCAA president um, who, according to this article and many articles that I've read, uh, was very well aware of a lot of scandals and like rape cases and all kinds of wild stuff that was going down in Michigan State uh, around 2010. Um, and he just kind of brushed them off. And now there are reports coming down that um, he knew, he pretty much knew about all of it. Like, the people were sending him emails, he was well informed, and he just, he just kind of brushed him off. So, um, I believe he stepped down as the NCAA president. Um, also tied to him is uh, Larry Nassar, um, which he knew about his scandals, I believe, also. So, uh, well, Nassar got, what, 40 to 120 years in jail or something some basically a life sentence. We're not gonna see Larry again, probably ever. He's he's probably gonna die in jail. Good. And uh, I don't know if Mark Emmert is getting like a punishment. I know he he stepped down. I'm not sure if he's getting any kind of punishment though. But um, yeah, man, like the NCAA is just uh, it's just. Like the, it's like the biggest scam ever pulled off. <laughs> hey, God damn it! Pay your players. Like it is, uh, and that that could be a whole other just dumb podcast, pretty much in general. But yeah, man, the NCAA has got to get it together. Like there's there's so much, there's so much wrong <laughs> that just goes on in like collegiate athletics. Um. Yeah, it literally could be a, a podcast um, in of its own. But, um, yeah, Mark Emmer, you got to get out of here, man. You're, you're bugging. If you knew about all this, you didn't say anything. Sadly, it's not really surprising, but, um, yeah, man. I don't know. But, yeah, he, he, he's got to get out of here. But I, I don't know if he's been officially punished yet. I, I think he stepped down. Don't quote me. But... Yeah. I do know for a fact that he he knew about the emails. He's still trying to defend himself, but dude, you got you got to get out of here, man. But uh, co- collegiate Dave. athlete, collegiate um, athletics is garbage. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's that's the moral of the story. 
but either it, go pro or go somewhere else. Yeah, like the whole for anybody who and not to go on another rant, but I, I know a lot of people who are still against um collegiate athletes being paid. Um tell them they are what's wrong with this country. Right. <laughs> well, once upon a time, I won't lie, like back in the day before I knew as much as I knew now, I was on that same boat. But as of as of like a couple of years ago, the more I've read about it and the, like the documentaries I've watched, like the NCAA is is such a scam. And for anybody who doesn't think collegiate players shouldn't be paid or just receive any kind of compensation, watch the Fab Five documentary. Um, watch the Fab Five documentary, even if you're not a sports fan. Like it's still it's a great documentary nonetheless, but. Like, these athletes get pimped so hard, and the schools make, not not millions, like billions of dollars off of them. And they're not allowed to get any of that money. They they can't they can't even have jobs. I don't even think a lot of people know that. If you're a Division One athlete, I'm not sure if it's the same for Division Two and Three, but you are not allowed to have a job. And you cannot make money pretty much in any way. There was a story of, like, a, a punter, I think, who had, like, a YouTube channel. And just because his YouTube channel was monetized, that counted as him making money, and he had to take his YouTube channel down. Garbage. Yeah, that's how the NCAA rules. So, but yeah, just just had to throw that shout out. Um, Mark, shout shot out. Uh, Mark Emery, you gotta get out of here, bro. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I got. Um, you know, since since you got uh, you started with whatever his name was, Larry, what's his face? What was the man's name? In jail? Oh, uh, Larry uh, Nassar. La- Larry Nassar. Um, I'm going to uh, I'm I'm throw a shot at the Grammys. Um, because some of here, and I can't believe I'm saying this, in 2018, it should have probably gone to, um, to Kesha. I don't know if you heard it. The Praying Song? Was that the one she performed? Yes. I kind of saw it. I like half saw it and half didn't. Um, yeah, so that, I think that was like her only hit from this year. Uh, let me just make 100% sure. But um, I, I don't know if you were following the story with her and Dr. Luke. Her, her producer slash manager slash connect. Yeah, wasn't he like abusing her? It was something, something wild going on. Not, yeah, yeah. Um, so let me. Uh, I I want to get this straight. Um, da, da, da. She also realized that Doctor Lou was probably caused saying that Doctor Lou had started to lose weight. Blah blah blah. No, this isn't it. Um, point point being, Doctor Luke is a scumbag and a rapist, and it, um, uh, her her whole image was manufactured by like Doctor Luke. So, uh, um. The song Praying, which honestly is probably one of the most powerful pop songs I've heard in decades, was a ballad about her situation and written in the most artful way possible. And it was so, and so powerful about... How she hopes that this man who hurt her so much would change, would not, would regret his actions, would 
pray, become a better person so that the person that he currently is was no longer, like just no longer existed. That his entire existence was wiped off the face of the earth. And it's just, it, it's not a retro, like it's not, uh, it's not like retribution. It's something more than that. And that's some, like that's way more, in, especially in 2017, that was just way more. Um, they just had way more meaning than like well, the the song ended up winning, which was like the shape of you, which is garbage. That got the song of the year. I think so. Yeah. I can't remember. I, I watched that too, and I, I don't remember who won. It was the, yeah. I think it was the shape of you, it was, which is garbage, literally garbage. It means nothing. Um. So. Yeah. So there's a shot. So. Grammys, I'm not even mad about the fact that Kendrick Lamar and Jay-Z and quite honestly, Childish Gambino got passed over for album of the year. Because, fuck it, I love 24 Karat Magic. Um, <laughs> dude, in all honesty, I probably listen to that more than almost any other album last year. <laughs> like, finesse is my jam. I miss New Jack Swing so much. <laughs> but um, praying not winning just, it, it felt weird and terrible. Especially for a song like The Shape of You, which is stupid. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's that. And um, hopping from one criminal to another, shouts to Guffer. Uh, rock, <laughs> rock above. <laughs> the new leader of the Olympic Body uh, Boxing com, um, com, uh, Council, I guess, Aba. Um, so, for those who don't know, Rock above is like a like a legit criminal. Um, but besides the stuff that we think he's responsible for, he's also responsible for like extortion and car theft, and he's like. The, the U.S. Treasury Department has seized this man's assets because he is believed to be, like, knee-deep in the international heroin market. <laughs> <laughs> See, at our jobs, we have to go through background checks, and clearly this man skipped that process. I mean, we, it, like... This is the just a reminder. Ava's former president had to step down because of corruption, and this is the man they replace <laughs> him. Oh man! <laughs> oh my god! This is this is what we got in twenty eighteen. The, the show rolls on. Um, yeah, nothing ever changes, bro. <laughs> Never forget that. Crap! I can't find their names. Um. I wanted to I wanted to make a quick shout out to all the U.S. Um, team members who went over and competed in the uh, the Yari the Yarijin Grand Prix in Russia. Um, be, behind the World Championships and the Olympics is probably the most prestigious wrestling tournament on like of the year. Uh, like it, it's where all the best Russians and U.S. wrestlers go to compete. So you know the, the talent pool is pretty damn deep. Um, but I want to say we had more than a fair share. Like, 
I know for a fact Kyle Snyder won back to back is one another um one which he becomes the second American to do it. I can't find this woman's name who um who beat him. Oh one second. Who beat him to that honor of the as an American. Um Tamira Stock, that's her name. Tamira Stock. She um she became the second uh, the first American to ever win back to back at the yard the Yarigen Games. Uh I can't pronounce that so wrong. Uh, the Yarigen Grand Prix, I mean. Um also David Taylor took home um a gold medal, so props to him. It's just just like great showing all around by the US team. So just props to them. And then on the positive note. Uh, two more positives real quick that I just remembered to shout out. Oh, actually, one breaking NBA news. Um, Blake Griffin is apparently uh, being traded to the Detroit Pistons. I saw that. I was I forgot to bring it up. <laughs> so that's happening. And one more quick shout out. I forgot to mention. Um, I actually do like tennis. I only watch like the same four people, but I pay attention to tennis. So I try to. Uh, Roger Federer won his twentieth Grand Slam yesterday, which I would have watched, but it came on at like three thirty in the morning, and I was asleep. Uh, but uh, yeah, while I was asleep. Roger Federer was out here being the GOAT. So, um, How do you think Blake Griffin feels? Like, he was in L.A. today, and tomorrow he's going to Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> like, before we even talk about basketball. <laughs> you know, this is going to be an adjustment, you know. Talk I, about a market change, man. I did not like, know that he was freaking, um, he was 32 years old already. Yeah, he's he's been around... For a minute now. Wait, what? Whoa, 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 whoa. The, a 6'7 junior middleweight? What the hell? However. Um, a boxing promoter in California just signed a, a 6'7, 154-pounder. How are you 6'7 and you only weigh 150? I'm assuming this man doesn't have legs. <laughs> you have to be missing a limb. Or something's not right. You shouldn't be six seven and one fifty. Did they not Unless feed you? Yeah, like you are definitely malnourished, and you probably shouldn't try to do any weight cuts. But um, but yeah, th- I saw that, so that was why I freaked. But yeah, poor Blake Griffin. Oh, well, well, we'll see what happens in Detroit. That's not a destination I thought I would see him, man. That's but, not um, a destination anybody thinks they're gonna see themselves right. in. <laughs> Right. You don't especially, go. You don't go to Detroit by choice, especially post like Ben Wallace and Chauncey Billups era. Like that, that was not a a hot spot destination. But um, <laughs> that's pretty much uh it for the show today. Uh, as always, you guys can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud, uh, YouTube, Google Play, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, uh, please remember to rate and subscribe. Um. Also, we have the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook page. Uh, Shout-outs to uh, the homie Mario, who left us a five-star rating. Appreciate that. Um, and he actually tagged some other people to come listen to the mega cast we did. So, appreciate that. Um, yeah. More fights coming. More content coming. Mike Jones may be on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine after you post this, he, like, he like messages you and says, Oh, I heard you want to be on the, you want me on the cast. That's great. I've been a day one fan. <laughs> oh man, that would be crazy. Yeah, maybe maybe he saw that episode you did of um Texas hip hop and was like, "Yo, 
I might be in this. <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing anything right now. So why, why don't I just read this or listen to this? Oh, he was in there. He was in there. I gave him a few mentions. Um, some were good. Some were not so good. But, you know. <laughs> but anyway, this has been another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. As always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we'll be there to talk about it. And hopefully we catch you guys soon. Peace.